Nick and Ramon. Ramon and Nick. Garbled podcast. New 52. Yo, dude, did I tell you I started seeing a girl? No. Seriously? Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, it's moving a little fast, though. Why, why is that? Um, so I went to pick her up. Oh, I should probably tell you she's, she's in a wheelchair. Oh. But um, that doesn't really make a difference to me. But I went to pick her up, and that's when she fell for me. <laughs> that's an ableist and, joke. And uh, oh, have you heard this one? Damn it. <laughs> I'll, I'll finish it uh, So I went to pick her up And that's when she fell for me And at first that was a little bit of a drag But now we're on a roll Wow <laughs> That's such a That's such a able. <laughs> it made me cry I almost I almost Went off the road You know what's messed up Is that nowadays Like jokes like that You, you just can't People could be offended by it and Super I, offended I understand that But that's just wordplay. That's just wordplay. <laughs> well, yeah, I I, I, I I hear you and I understand. And it's like if anybody who knew you personally knows that that's not. Right. But that's the problem is that now if somebody who doesn't know you personally hears that joke, it, it, it becomes this whole big thing. Right. And it's not even mine. Somebody else came up with that. Some That came out of somebody else's mind. <laughs> yeah. What's going on, folks? <laughs> little public service announcement at the Garbled Podcast. Do you, do you want to keep that, or do you want to No, no, it? no, we're, we're keeping All that. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, I th- well, I think it goes to, you know, intent is just as important as what you say Yep. to me. Yep. And, um, it, and if you think about it, that kind of goes with what we're going to be talking about today, which is, you know, the intent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good foreshadowing. Good foreshadowing. Yay. <laughs> All right, folks. So today um, we're going to be talking about two different topics that are kind of tied together. We're going to be talking about um, Nick's been wanting to hit this one for about a week and a half now, two weeks now, uh, which is the Mueller report. Yep. We wanted to talk about the Mueller report. And when me and him started kicking around the idea of the Mueller report, we it, it dawned on me that a lot of people either don't have a good understanding of what the implications of the Mueller report can be. Or even the scope of what they were looking at. Right. Or that they don't have an understanding of um, the process of impeachment and and what that actually means. Because impeachment, if you say impeachment to most people, they think that that means that, um, you know, they're going to fire the president. Right. And that's completely not what it means no it's just the first step in that process if you even want to go that way it can be just the one thing that you do or you can continue moving forward towards removing the president from office but it's step one right uh so where do we start uh or wait before we start do we have news so i do have a news story good so the uh, Endgame mm-hmm. has uh, inspired and spawned our first supervillain. Uh-oh. Wait a minute. What? Yep. Yep. So police in it, it Atlantic, I think I'm pronouncing that right, Atlantic, uh, Florida, mm-hmm. responded to a call from 
Uh, several patrons of a Starbucks go figure. And uh, apparently, 61-year-old Thomas Lane, uh, ha- now called the Saint, okay, has been uh, threatening people in that town. Uh, threatening to unleash his army of turtles on the entire population. Um, so yeah, not all fun and games when it comes to Marvel movies. Yeah. So (laughs) okay, here's how I feel about a swarm of turtles. It's kind of like a swarm of zombies. Yes. And I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about the 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 running zombies from like uh, um from the video games. I mean like the Romero. Classic. Walking Dead zombies. If you get caught by those, you deserve to die. Now, if he had said, my army of racing snails, a la Never Ending Story, then you have a problem. But yes, I could see where army of turtles uh, so isn't going to be uh, that big a deal. How, how is he unleashing his army of turtles? He was not specific as to details. <laughs> However, you know... That uh, that's smart because you know anytime a Bond villain told you exactly how he was going to do it, Bond would know how exactly how to beat you. So I think it's better that he kept it kind of up to the imagination. Uh, but Army of Turtles uh, sweeping over Florida, it, it you know it's at least going to bug the manatees. That's it. I mean, come on. We're doing we're doing a thing on the Mueller report. What kind of news story should we have? That's news. All right, so um, I thought that I would talk about um, something that's been – I don't know why this has been in the news so big recently. Um, It could be the fact that NASA was doing a a test, if you will. A test? Yeah, they were were running a scenario on what would happen. Is this a computer test or is this a – Yeah, like a a, a computerized test that would see how people would respond to like an asteroid impact. Well, they would probably respond the same way when your Nest system sends out a like nuclear warhead incoming alert. They that just wasn't call funny. No, it wasn't. It, and and you're talking about the thing in Hawaii. No, I'm talking about the thing in Ohio. Remember that was no. one of my news stories. The the Ohio alert, or I'm sorry, the uh, the Hawaii alert was their alert system mm-hmm. that like the government's alert system in Ohio. And other parts of the Midwest, the Nest system got hacked and started sending out an alert that ballistic missiles were inbound on, like, Cincinnati. <laughs> so, and they all just went, eh, bullshit. And then they all just called the cops. Are there missiles incoming? And they were like, no. And they were like, my Nest system said it was. Wow. So that's that's how people react to uh, upcoming disaster is, uh, let me check with somebody first, which is actually a good sign. Is it or is it just apathy? No, it's it's a good sign that people aren't necessarily taking the first thing that they hear to to be Hoyle and moving forward with that assumption. I mean, that Nest system could have come up and said there are nuclear weapons incoming and people could have just been like, well, I'm going to take my chances, but I'm getting a new TV and looting could have started immediately. So and it didn't. Um, my news story um is not necessarily the NASA test, but it's uh, a asteroid called Apophis. I remember uh, that one. Yeah. So Apophis is going to pass by the Earth in 2029. And it's going to be in Stargate range at... Uh, well... <laughs> Before that, I assume. 
Uh, that was a terrible joke. I apologize. Yeah, it was a terrible joke. Um, and and you know what? I I've just learned that the best way to respond to your terrible jokes is to not. Respond <laughs> it's, at just all. A, it's just to press on. Just to ignore <laughs> them and continue. So, um, Apophis is going to be passing by Earth in 2029. It was discovered in 20 uh, 2004, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, what makes Apophis interesting is that it's going to pass by the Earth. In about 19,000 miles from the Earth. It's going to be at 19,000 miles a distance from the Earth. Just to give you guys an idea. Is that between the moon? That's the only time I get. Yes. It's very close. Because the moon, if I'm not mistaken, is something like 32,000 miles from Earth. Okay. That's sort of my should I be concerned uh, window. Now. Um, what makes Apophis interesting is, and, and folks, um, you're going to forgive me if I flub the numbers a little bit because, uh, um, because I, facts, I'm familiar man. with this story, but I'm, I, I don't know the full details. Um, so what makes Apophis interesting is that when it passes by the Earth, um, there is a possibility that Earth's gravity might interact with the um, asteroid. And seven years later, when it passes by again in 2036, because of that gravitational interaction, Apophis might be put on a collision course with the Earth. So when it passed, I guess, seven years ago. No, no, no. In, in, it's not coming until 2029. So we got nine years. Right, right. But last right, time eight, it came. Ten years. Last time it came. Yeah. Uh, it was, I forget when it was. But last time it came around, right? Because it can't. It, did they notice it a few years ago, or did it come by and this is its second loop? This will be its first loop. Oh, okay. So they just so noticed will it be before. its first loop. Yeah. Okay. All right. So uh, what I was going to say was, I I think we already interfered with it, but it hasn't made it here yet. We just noticed it a few years ago. So I withdraw my question. Uh, yeah. So that that's been making the rounds on the news. Um, again, not 100% sure why. Uh, I mean, I've known about this since 2004. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, when I first found out about it, and I was you know, concerned then, and I'm concerned now, because there's not um, the great number of... Uh, I think it was... Uh, I can't remember specific... I think it was Michio Kaku, uh, physicist, who said that there are more people working at your local McDonald's than there are watching the sky for anything that might hit us. Yeah, the only the only thing I would say to that to put you at ease is he's talking about the near-Earth object process of identifying near-Earth objects. Right. They identified this one. So this one is legitimately on their radar. Right, but if you if you do like a comparison um, of, of... Okay, so people think that when you say, oh, no, we have people watching the sky... Um, but yeah. it's a big ass guy. But it's a big ass. I'm going to make a lot of Armageddon references so, very so, shortly. So ahead. if you put your okay, so stand outside tonight and look up at the sky, and put put your hand out, and the area that makes up the size of your palm is about how much of the sky we have surveyed for near Earth objects. Okay. Okay, and the rest of it. Is what's not surveyed, and the fact that uh, you know that's not taken more seriously is is a little alarming. 
But if you close your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so that was my news story. I don't, you know, necessarily know how newsworthy it was. No, no, no. It is newsworthy because it's in the news, and the news is uh, going to try and scare you. And when they are, they they maybe had to do a deep cut that day to find Apothis. But don't worry about it because if Apothis hits, how big is Apothis? Like. Like, oh, what classification is it? Is it the Empire State Building? Is it a bus? Like, that's how they like to classify the size of these things. Uh, I'm looking for that information right now. Okay. Uh, I mean, it's not really important. What I'm saying well, is... Well, no, Apophis is pretty... It's big enough that it would do damage. Yeah, it would do damage. Would it Would it be a world ender or, or uh, a civilization ender? Well, I know there's a NASA astronaut. Uh, I can't remember if it was... I'm not sure if it's Buzz Aldrin. I, and I know it was... One of the more famous ones. Uh, oh, Bruce Willis. No, not Bruce. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, you said you could power through. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, there was a NASA uh, scientist who was pretty concerned about it because uh, depending on its trajectory, it could hit in the middle of the ocean. And that would be that's almost worse than if it hit land. Because it'll evaporate all that water? No, because it'll create tsunamis. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, oh, we just fixed our rising sea levels if it evaporates at all. <sighs> anyway. Too, too soon? On, on to the Mueller report. Yes, let's do that. Let's do the Mueller report. Let's do the Mueller report. <laughs> that was horrible news. That's the, I think that's the worst news that we've done in a while. I'm still in favor of not doing news anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. So the Mueller report, since so, this is your baby, I want you to take lead on this. Okay, one. cool. So the Mueller report. Um, I think, I, I, I mean, most folks have heard because the news has been, <laughs> if you watch John Oliver uh, talk about the, the Mueller report, he's showed clips of, of all the news agencies, like the 24-hour news networks, talking about uh, how they were preparing for the release of the Mueller report. Yeah. Um. Which was hilarious coverage. It was like they had a copier, like a giant copier machine, ready. It was like it had like its paper tray out and was full. And they were like, as soon as it drops, we're going to start printing it because you have to print it to read it. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like the the visuals that they were using, just waiting for the Mueller report so that they could just start diving into it, was hilarious. I think that's part of the problem with the Mueller report is that what? Um, well, how long has he been working on this report? Now? It was uh, like eighteen months. Yeah, don't call months. me. So almost two years, right? He's been working on this report for almost two years, and people, feels like longer, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Uh, but people have such a vested interest in the results of this report, okay? Because they feel like, and I think that's you know indicative mm-hmm. of. The, the problem is that they feel like the Mueller report is going to be the magic bullet that takes out or the silver bullet, you know, to keep with our, our sci-fi theme or nerd theme. Uh, <laughs> they, they feel like it's going to be the silver bullet to take down the monster that is Trump. Is this his monster form or is this his human form? Yeah, he hasn't even gotten to like level two. <laughs> this thing. isn't even my final form. Um. But that's bad. Like, well, well, if they're looking for a silver bullet, right, mm-hmm. um, to be like, that's it, we got him, right? 
I, I I'll reference the SNL skit that was referencing the uh, the the Lemon interview. Uh, Don Lemon inter- Don Lemon shoot I don't remember the anyway actor Don Lemon? now see I definitely got it wrong um, there was a reporter that was whose name is escaping me who was interviewing Trump right he uh, and he said why did you uh, fire your attorney general and put Jeff Sessions in and he goes oh because he wouldn't drop the investigation into Russia meddling in the election and he goes, what? Yeah. I mean, and it was a little Frost Nixon-y. Yeah, it, it was it, like it, he got him to say something that was like, well, that's obstruction of justice. Right. There's so many. Uh, <laughs> see, and that's, the, that's part of my problem is that, like, there's so many. If you, really wanted, if you really wanted to go after Trump in terms of saying that he's a horrible president. See, my and, – and you know what? I, it's not – and I'm no, not defending no. him in and, any way, shape, or form. By the way, don't – do not abandon that first thought that you had because I have a great retort. But go ahead. If you if you're if you're looking for a reason to get rid of him as president, mm-hmm. um, there's so That's many other things. But you actionable, could, actionable, yeah. actionable. Uh, well, I mean, obstruction of justice is pretty actionable. That is very actionable. Yes, and we'll talk about that more. But you said, what if? If you wanted to go after him for that, you don't need to look at Russia meddling, right? Is that what you were implying? Yeah. What What else would be actionable that uh, Congress could begin the process of firing a U.S. president? Uh, well, I, and th- th- I think that's part of the problem. You, you don't fire a U.S. president. You, you do. You can. You can. You can. There's a process. There is a it's process. Very it's long. a very long process. <laughs> and won't happen. <laughs> no, and it's never happened in U.S. history. No, and like it wouldn't happen It wouldn't happen in this case either, And, by and the way. you know, um, there's been three other presidents in our history who have been brought up for the process of impeachment. Andrew Jackson, um, Nixon, and uh, President Clinton. Clinton. And none of which were... None of which went through the full process. No. Nope. Uh, Clinton was, and, and I'll, I'll talk more about that when we get into the impeachment, impeachment thing, but yep. uh, Clinton came pretty close. He was. Uh, it was a close vote. It was a close vote. That was vote. it. That was <laughs> it. Uh, Nixon uh, passed the vote and would have been impeached. I think, I, I, honestly, I think with that particular one, it would have gone through the whole process, yes. but he saw the writing on the wall and, and resigned. And he resigned, yes. yes. And then he was pardoned the next day by Ford. As part of his resignation, yep. And uh, Jackson um, didn't didn't meet the, the vote requirement for impeachment. So, so both th- Jackson and Clinton, they brought it up, which is damning, but weren't able to execute. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like they left it up to the court of the public opinion. Like, this is what we had to do based on what we see and what evidence we have. And we needed to bring this up. It didn't go forward from there. But the fact that we brought it up was politically and uh, um, socially responsible to our constituents. And. That was really the point at that uh, for those because they never had the votes no. in in pro. Uh, I don't know about Jackson, quite frankly. Jackson I haven't was, looked at that. Before. Jackson was very close to uh, very close, but not there. No, right not there. Didn't and, have the vote requirement. And here's the thing I'll say about that: if 
if you're going to bring a president up for impeachment, right, mm-hmm. it's not the U.S. saying we voted this guy in, but we need to take another look because there's more information that we didn't have when we voted originally, mm-hmm. and our representatives are handling it. Be- it goes beyond that to the international community. Less for Jackson, more for Clinton, mm-hmm. right? And Nixon was – that was obvious. But that is why you go through the process, even if it isn't successful – because you can say, voters, look, we questioned power. We did our job, right? But the international community can say, oh, the U.S. president is still intact in his position regardless of his views. Because if he's not intact and it goes from impeachment to the next stage in the process, mm-hmm. then the rest of the world starts going, ooh, America's got some trouble now. Because it's real now. Until then, it's just uh, talking. You know what I mean? Okay. It, it's just well, discussing. Let me, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Because you, uh, you were you're you're about my age. Um, <laughs> that was very generous. Thank you. <laughs> so when when the whole thing with Clinton went down, yeah. you heard the word impeachment. Yeah. That made you think of what? What what did? So back then, uh-huh. way back in the day. Let's step in our way back machine. Reporting was a little more responsible. <laughs> and people were close to who were were not everyone, but there were enough people out there where I knew that impeachment didn't mean removing the president from office, but only because I was listening. I didn't know that until I was told that by the TV. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know the articles of impeachment. I don't know what their powers are. I heard the president's going to be impeached. You know what I mean? Right. And that's, and by the way, that's serious. And I went, and they go, but not the removal of office. Because when you hear it's serious and he's being brought up essentially on charges with Congress, who has the power to take him out of office, you think, well, that's what this is. Right. And that's not what it is at all. So let's let's talk. Well, since we're on it, let's talk. Yeah, let's let's do that first. And then we'll get into what the Mueller report is. Okay, so impeachment. What what happened was when the founding fathers were were coming up with the, the, the our our system of government, <laughs> it suddenly struck uh, Ben Franklin that um, you know we we we've given all this power to this person we've divided that power pretty equally. Is this during the uh, should we have a king debate? Right. Um, okay. What what do we do? You know, because originally the idea was to make a sitting president's term be forty years. And it was actually, yes, yeah, um, it was actually George Washington. Um, How much of that is Bernie going to see? <laughs> it was the idea that um, George Wa- George Washington said, hey, we just got rid of a king. Yep. We don't want to create another scenario where we have another king. Ooh, especially, imagine you rule for 40 years. Let's say you make the whole term, mm-hmm. right? L- uh, like, even back then, <laughs> right? Right. Which would be a, a miracle. Uh You've had 40 years to train your son. Exactly. To, And I assume not daughter because of the time period. But you've had uh, 40 years to train your child to assume your office and run and take on responsibilities within your government. Oh, it's it's. It's very it's much creating an empire. Yeah. yeah. You're at that point. You're 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 making the very thing that, you know, the revolution was about. Yep. Um, so 
it was suggested that they shorten the term to four years, which was just enough time to, um, you know, and then um, yep. the 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 two term rule didn't come around until Taft, I think, right? Yeah, Taft. It was Taft. Who, man, he could not get out of high office, could he? No, he couldn't. He, he was. I I don't know if that's megalomania or he was just really good. Uh, like seriously. Yeah, I mean that's like good, that's a good like the fact that he was like, no, you know what? No, oh my god, I'm wrong. It wasn't Taft? It wasn't Taft. It was um, it was uh, Roosevelt. Uh, it was right. Roosevelt. He because he served three terms, and they went, we got to get this guy out of here. He was like rattling around on death's door in the third one, and he was like, I'll run again. And they were like, we should probably do something about this. So they came up with the ter- two term limit. Yep. Uh, which means that no sitting president can serve more than eight years. Um, and, and you know what, what was interesting about that was that Trump, when he first came into office, was you know was asking about that, like you know, so about can, his two terms. Can I can I sign an executive? He was already thinking about his third and fourth terms. Like what a jerk. well, that's why, <laughs> and that's why people were calling it a slow moving coup. Yeah, well, or or authoritarian authoritarian government, right? So, but everybody cries that when anybody new goes in. But it's a, it's so, fud. So it's a two term limit, you know, eight years. Mm-hmm. Um, here's here's an interesting question. So if you serve your term, you get voted out, but that you run again, could you run again? No, no, okay. no. You actually can't. Like Obama can't come back and run again. Uh, that's what they do in Russia. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you remember, Putin served his term limits, and then he put his vice president in essentially like he endorsed him and said i'm not running this time his vice president took it for like the four years or whatever their term is and then he ran again the next time and that guy didn't even bother he was just like i was holding court while uh, he took a vacation and then putin came back to serve another two terms they didn't put that provision in the uh, russian constitution they put it in ours you run twice you're done thank you Right, you've served twice. I should say, not well, run. Oh, oh no, served and that's twice, why, and that's why I was asking if someone served for four years, yes, and left office, yes, could they run again? Yes, they could. They could run for one term. So that's it. Two terms is the limit. Two terms served is the term. So two terms is 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 the limit. That's okay. it. All right. That's it. All but right. yeah, like if if uh, um, uh, Bush Junior. Mm-hmm. Did he? No, he was there eight. Bush Sr. If Bush Sr. had come back instead of Bush Jr. to run again, he could have. That would have been fine. And he could have got another one term. But that would have been it. So impeachment when I was a kid mm-hmm. sounded like they're firing the president or they're removing the president. And from that's office. politically absolutely the tone that they want to take. It, but it is. It's it not is, what it actually is. It doesn't have to be. It What it does. Impeachment is the House, mm-hmm. right? The House of Representatives. House of Representatives, separate of the Senate, separate of everybody, taking the first step. Mm-hmm. It is saying the people, because that's supposed to be the people's representation, right? right? Saying we do not have confidence in our commander-in-chief. That's, that's it. We don't have confidence. And if it's successful, what they do is say, okay— so we have voted saying we do not have confidence in this president. Now we need to send this over to the Senate. 
And the Senate needs to say, should we move forward with firing this guy? Right. So you have to get a two-thirds vote. Uh, two-thirds of the House of Representatives has to vote. That's right. And then it goes on to the Senate. Correct. And then um, if it goes to the se- – so you're impeached at that point. You're impeached. And, and then and you go through the articles. Here's, Good. Here's the thing. The House can also say, uh, we have impeached the president, but we are not at this time saying that the Senate should move forward with any kind of the process. Right. So they, they can use it as sort of a censure, but like a strong censure. Right. Um, which at that point it carries no weight, but it's symbolic. And then the Senate is so let's say that you make it through the House of Representatives. Then the Senate can say, OK, now we're going to go ahead forth with a trial. Correct. Um, which is called the Articles of Impeachment, which they cannot do unless they have uh, they have been impeached by the House. They can't. The Senate couldn't say, "Let's go ahead and, and take care of this." It has to come from the House. Now, I need to make a, a very important distinction because, uh, and this baffled me when I found it out. <laughs> uh, uh, so then, when the Senate, uh, bureaucracy, <laughs> yeah, so the House of Representatives does its impeachment. President's been impeached. Mm-hmm. Then it goes before. The Senate, the Senate goes through with the articles of impeachment, which is basically where they set up a trial. Um, They hear evidence. Uh, The Mm -hmm. Senate acts as judge, jury and executioner. Yep. And they basically can determine whether the president remains in office or whether he's removed. Right. At which point the vice president would go in. And uh, the president has been officially removed from office now. Here's where it's interesting to me. Okay. This is still not a criminal trial. Mm -mm. It's not a criminal trial. It's simply a a question of character. Exactly. And criminal charges or criminal charges that could be brought are definitely a factor. Yes. So all all this is basically political main staging where none of this has consequences. Like, so let's say that they went through the House of Representatives Mm -hmm. with impeachment. Then they go through the articles of impeachment with the Senate, and they're the you know the person is found uh, guilty, and they are indeed impeached. Mm-hmm. That's still not a criminal trial. No, all not at all. This is a removal of office. It, okay, but anybody who's been fired before will say it feels a lot like a criminal trial. But it's not a criminal trial because no, it's not. At that point, um, it's up to the. Um, uh, Justice Department to decide whether they want to go through um, a criminal trial. Two things on that. So one, currently, because in 19, don't quote me, 86, I think, mm-hmm. we put in that a sitting president cannot be indicted for a crime. Right? So, and the reasoning for that, which I found fascinating, uh, was we don't want criminal charges to interfere with the president executing their duties, right? So the only time you can actually bring criminal charges to a sitting president is if you have removed him from office or he's hit the end of his term or been voted out or whatever, right? So he can't be the sitting president when you bring this these charges. Right, but so if you listen to some of the Democrats talk, like, we're going to get this motherfucker. That was one of the... the well, that's because they own the House. <laughs> and and um, by the way, I want to point out, that's an actual quote. I didn't make that up. That was, oh, who? That was, um, <laughs> it was one of the new senators that went in. Oh, perfect. I can't remember her name off the top of my head. Okay. But she basically said, no, we're going to get this motherfucker. 
Nice. And my thing is, <laughs> it, it it sounded like when you say something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Oh my god. When you Are say you something okay? like Do that, you need a minute? No, I'm fine. When you say something like that, it sounds like you're going forward with like a criminal trial, right? Like we're no. gonna get. But, no, but, not not from a politician. Right from from an attorney, like but like practicing attorneys. Pra- practicing practice. You're right. I'm sorry. Practicing attorney. Ninety five percent of Congress is fucking attorneys in name only and title only and in practice only. But you know, which like, has always been one of my not biggest in their problems. Role. I know, I know. Which you has have always said been one of my biggest fucking problems. You want so, accountants? You want a Congress want, full of accountants? No, I want a Congress that's actually. I want a, a, a Congress that's actually made up of the people it represents, you know. And, and we've had this discussion before. Absolutely. Uh, be, Don't worry, I've buddy. Argued with lawyers. Don't worry, I've buddy. Argued with lawyers. Oh, I have too. Yeah, I, I know you have. <laughs> and that's why you know, like, part of the thing about being a lawyer is that you're taught from Never law school. Never wrong. You're not wrong. Even if, even in the face of being wrong, you cannot concede defeat so that's part of the fucking problem with the politics in this goddamn country is that 95 percent of the people who are in the system of 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 government are under the mindset that regardless of whether they're wrong or not they're still not wrong don't worry buddy we uh, at last count there are two scientists in congress and That's important because when you look at this whole impeachment process, what it is is this whole – it's a show. Yes. It's a fucking show, It's politics. It's, it, it is for show. So if you went through this whole impeachment process, you still you, – you, let's say that Trump goes before the House of Representatives. He gets impeached. They start the articles of impeachment with the Senate. Mm-hmm. They fucking impeach him, yep. and they make him step down, okay. and they put in the, the vice president. That's still not a criminal trial, and this is the thing that bothers me because I don't. I, it paves the way, though. It paves the way, but it's not. Um, and and it's most not definitive. People, I get it. It's not definitive, and most people's understanding of what impeachment is, and that's why I I wanted to kind of start with this. Okay, is that impeachment is a criminal process, and it's not. It isn't, and it baffles me. Like, I get what you're saying with the whole you don't want to indict a sitting president because it could interfere with them doing their job. Well, I didn't say that. Well, well, that was the justification for that. For that thing, yes. Yeah. But it, 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 it almost makes it – so the whole idea behind impeachment, and this is, this is – it, it com- it's a British term. Anybody in British <laughs> government – They all are. <laughs> well, no, a lot of it was French. No, no, no. That was a bad joke. Sorry. Arthur. Um, a lot uh, – uh, the whole thing with impeachment is that in, in British government, anyone can be impeached, anyone who holds a public office. Oh, that's true here too. It, it, well, it's true here too. It yeah, just happens like 19, way, left, yeah, way like, less often. Well, on a presidential level, yes, because right. we've had about 19 impeachments, but it's usually been for like lesser offices. Yeah, absolutely. But it's in place for all of them. But go ahead. Uh, it's a big fucking show. That, yeah. that leads to nothing because okay, if, Nick, okay, if you okay, and me okay. did – and this is one of the things that really drives me crazy. Um, if you or me did any of these things that uh, someone could be impeached for, right? okay. let's use 
uh, let's use Andrew Jackson because Andrew Jackson was impeached because he fired, <laughs> or, or no, they w- they started the impeachment process on Andrew Jackson because he fired his then Secretary of State, right? Uh, which um, both parties felt like was a gross misuse of power, right? So they started the impeachment process. Even though it was within his power. Even they just was, really liked the Secretary of State. Right. They they really liked the Secretary Whose of State. name was? I can't remember. Exactly. exactly. Who cares? <laughs> they didn't like Andrew Jackson. Nixon, a political show. Nixon. Well, Andrew Jackson was one of the weaker presidents. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, but Nixon's whole impeachment process started because of the Watergate scandal and the cover-up that he tried to do. The and obstruction of justice. The obstruction of justice, right? Um, and that was huh. one of the. And you know that's been pointed at as one of the things that made Nixon's case because, like I said, Nixon did go through impeachment. The House of Representatives did impeach him. Right. The 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 Senate the Senate would have gone that way. The Senate was getting ready. They were already putting everything in order to go ahead with the articles of impeachment. Right. But he resigned before they could do that. Writing on the wall. Yep. Uh, Clinton was uh, came very close to being impeached by the House of Representatives. It wasn't that close. Do you re- do you remember Do you remember the SNL skit? No, I the don't. the guy um, oh, Daryl Hannah. Daryl Hannah? No, that's not right. No, <laughs> that's not right. Anyway, the guy who did Trump uh, did uh, Trump. Jesus, uh, Clinton, Clinton at that time then, yeah. when he uh, <laughs> when he was when he got cleared. They go, and now we're going to the Rose Garden for a uh, uh, for a speech by the president. And he came out, and he did the whole walk, like from the White House all the way up to the podium, which is like halfway at that time into the Rose Garden. And all he said was, "I am bulletproof," and then walked away. <laughs> um, that's fine. Yeah, I am still trying to understand. This whole fucking problem, like I don't, I don't. Well, the the whole problem, and let me help you with this. Uh, Bureaucracy is hard to understand, Uh, almost, almost by design, but not exclusively. You know what I mean? Like you almost have to be a bureaucrat to fully, fully understand bureaucracy. There are checks and balances. There are even within like one branch of the government, there are checks and balances like the House could go nuts and and impeach somebody for almost no reason. They just have to take a vote. And if enough people said, yeah, that's good enough for me, they would do it like essentially what were they going for? They were going for Clinton for a they 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 went after Clinton. Is your mic on? Yeah, my mic is on. Uh, They went after Clinton. I got the headphones. Oh, that's right. That's right. (laughs) Um, bad. They went after Clinton not for um, infidelity, not for infidelity, which is what what it really started, uh, you which know, is all what the whole was. Ken report. But was. they were going for abuse of power. Well, no, they went after him for perjury. Because oh, that's like right. Per- I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Right. Because his my definition, Clinton impression needs work because his definition of what sex was was is was is was, <laughs> uh, you know, like. He completely lawyered that up. Yeah. And, and like, they oh. were like, they were like, you're lying. That's what you're doing right now is lying. And so, yes. Okay. But but that's what they went after him for. That's fine. Um, 
But what would they be going after Trump for? So, um, what are they going after him so, for? If they okay. if they haven't gone after him, by the way, yeah, no, they, they have not gone after filed him. this yet. The, so impeachment. One of the main things that was pointed out when they wrote the impeachment um, process was uh, that you could go after somebody for something like um, treason, which is aiding a foreign government or betraying your own government. Okay. Uh, another thing was like bribery, mm-hmm. and um, I think that they could have, but they didn't. They I, they, I, I they chose not they, to. They, I think it's flimsy. It's flimsy. It's flimsy. And what you have to understand is um, it it and literally, literally for just to touch on that for a minute, like the thought process between behind bribery or more, I guess. Less than bribery, more of an influence, right, is just that uh, he still – he never signed over uh, – he never put into a blind trust. Do you remember the blind trust argument that was made during, like, all of the uh, um, debates and things like that where are you going to put all of your stuff uh, – all of your business holdings into a blind trust? Do you remember all of that from yeah, the debates? Yeah, some of it, yeah. And he was like, yeah – I'm going to put it in a blind trust. I'm going to have my kids handle it. And they went, that's not a blind trust. And Trump was like, yeah, it is. Basically, what it is is he never signed over control of his businesses. He still owns his businesses. Mm -hmm. And Trump Hotel, right, or Trump Tower is getting a lot of, or did definitely in the first couple years of his his office, started getting... uh, started getting the uh, a, a lot of foreign governments buying up units in his building, which is, okay. Money has changed hands. From Money has changed hands from a foreign government to Trump Towers, which is owned by Donald Trump and still controlled by Donald Trump, at least in name, right? Like, obviously, he has people functioning the day-to-day, but he's still the owner. He didn't. Mm-hmm. He did not separate himself from that business, even if he's hands off right now. And what they what they could have gone after is saying, "Hey, you're taking money from foreign governments." And then when they interview the foreign governments about it, and they say, "Why are you there? Is it to influence power?" They go, "No, no, of course not." You know what's across the street from Trump Tower? What? The UN. It makes perfect sense to be in Trump Tower across the street from the U.N. We don't have to shut down New York traffic. We could we could walk there. We're not going to. But our motorcade is uh, only going to take like five minutes of shutting down the street. So it makes perfect sense to be there logistically. And the government goes, yeah, logistically, you're right. <laughs> I can't argue with that. So – you know what I mean? It's flimsy. It, it, it's, it is. It's obvious, and, but and, it's flimsy. And, folks, uh, and I hate this just as much as some of you people who might be listening. Um, all one million listeners. <laughs> um, I, I, I hate love it, that too, we're but it's all, it's all about what you can prove. And in this case, what can you prove? You can't prove. Well, for that. For that. For that, yeah, you're right. Location, location, location gets Trump out of it for that. 
I have no problem with foreign governments. Obviously, they bought it to be like, hey, guy, I'm paying you money. But quite frankly, is Trump looking at that? Also, does he care where his money's coming from? No, not at all. He cares that he has money. Also, does Trump Tower still belong to Trump? Because I've never heard that definitively, but most of the things that uh, have the Trump name listed on it are actually uh, just he licenses out his name to keep it on the the building that he const- he had constructed. Mm-hmm. I don't want to make him sound like a builder, um, but he Trump had the builder. Yeah, yeah, he had <laughs> uh, like Bob the Builder, but. He had it constructed and then basically sold it off, but is still licensing the rights of these uh, items so that his name is out there. And that doesn't mean that he's controlling it. I actually haven't heard definitively that he still owns Trump Towers. The way that the press is attacking it, I assume he does, especially since nobody's refuted it. Uh, But I don't know for a fact who is actually in control of Trump Tower. And then the other thing that they could go after him for, um, which is uh, so that was um, bribery. Yes. Right? Well, uh, influence. I, I think it's a step down for bribery, but yeah. Um, the other thing that they could go after him, um, and that's what the Mueller report was trying to uh, uh, prove, yeah. getting to the Mueller report. Okay. Is good collusion. Good transition. Oh, collusion. Oh. Collusion. Oh, oh, collusion. You know who says that a lot? Who? Trump. Trump, he does, doesn't he? Trump says, oh, my God, the Mueller report. You know what it found? No collusion. You know why? I didn't collude. You know why he didn't collude? Why? Because collusion isn't a thing. Explain that. <laughs> legally? Uh-huh. Oh, legal. yeah, co- legally collusion is Legally, isn't. like with the law and everything like that, collusion is not a legal term. So the Mueller report never looked at collusion because collusion isn't a thing that they could even look at. Right. And what is collusion? Define collusion for me. Uh, that's a good question. You can't. No. It's a, it's a it, word. It's, difficult to, it's a word. It's difficult to. Here's what the Mueller investigation was looking for. No, uh, Go ahead. no, no, no. no. I, I need you to remember that's an omnidirection. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. <laughs> is this better? Yes, that's way better. Um I'm going to do go, uh, go into the collusion or, right. or go into the Mueller report. Now, so, OK, point. perfect. So first off, collusion is not a legal, legal term. So it was never, never a part of what the Mueller report was actually looking into. The Mueller report was tasked with and brace yourself. It wasn't going after Trump as a lot of people thought. What it was doing was looking at Russia. Uh-huh. It was looking at Russia, and it was seeing if Russia played any kind of games to influence the election. And guess what they found out on that point, which was the main point of the Mueller report? They did. They okay. concluded that. Yes. They concluded that Russia was influencing Americans by putting things on social media and sending... They're not even calling them agents. Literally, these are marketing people that they sent in 
My uh, the famous one right now is a woman whose name escapes me. I apologize. I don't have notes for this. This is and I've been drinking. Um, they they sent a woman over who <laughs> successfully joined the NRA mm-hmm. uh, as like. National, Ra- National Rifle Association. Yes, and was in, uh, I believe, on just a visitor visa, just a visitor visa, and joined the NRA, and it was all good, and uh, and then she became like a like a spokesperson. What she was doing was using social media to say, "Hey, hey, I'm here." at the NRA event for whatever, and I'm here because blah, 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 and vote Trump. Like, that was the kind of uh, influence that she had. She's actually on trial right now as a spy, which is uh, kind of ludicrous because they can't they can't prove that she's a spy, but they can say that she was an influencer, so she got kind of wrapped up in this. But they had several agents that were over here on the ground, boots on the ground, saying, you know, hey, you should probably vote for Trump in a very thick Russian accent. And people were like, you know what? I agree with you. You should silence your phone before we... I probably should. Go ahead. It's professionalism, Ron. (laughs) All hail King King Omonga. (laughs) All right, I'll let it slide. Um, So so anyway... um, what they did was they started influencing basically on social media, either with people here or with just uh, people tweeting or Facebooking from Russia, showing their support for Trump to influence the election. That, they found, definitively happened, and the election was tampered with. Whether you can argue whether it was swayed or not is up for debate. But they tampered with a foreign government tampered with our last presidential election. And they have proof of it. They, it's probably happened before. Quite frankly, it probably happened before. But they have proof of it now. And that is what the Mueller investigation was tasked with. What happens during an investigation is that people will find that other people, other players, were involved and that charges should probably be brought against those people. Now, we heard of a couple of cases, Michael Cohen being probably the most famous, right? Trump's ex-lawyer. Yeah. He was indicted and uh, pled guilty and has since uh, did a, a, a plea deal and even came out and said, beyond the plea deal, this is hilarious, Beyond the plea deal, when they when uh, William Barr, the attorney general, said, I'm going to bring out a redacted report that doesn't include uh, investigations that are ongoing. That's what he said he was going to redact, by the way, investigations that are ongoing. Right. We knew of like two or three investigations that were ongoing that the Mueller report directly brought. Right. Right. You know how many there were uh, by uh, by the end of the uh, the Mueller report that no. had been redacted? No, how many? Fourteen. Redacted? Redacted separate. Not there were 14 redactions. There were 14 separate cases that were redacted. So let's say, I think it's two, but let's say there's three, okay. right? That means there's like 11 more investigations 
that we have not heard anything about. Not on social media, not on mainstream media, nothing. No one has heard anything about these indictments that uh, that were or that Mueller sent to other departments to prosecute because he found wrongdoing just trying to figure out if Russia meddled. Is that not nuts in terms of the scope of everything? It is. It is. It is. Also, by the way, is that not nuts in the fact that we don't know about this because everyone leaks these days? Yeah, how about that? I, you know, this this whole thing with the Mueller report to me has felt like, um, and I, I said this to you before when we we broached this topic. Mm-hmm. It this whole thing feels like everyone is playing um, political hot potato. I I agree, and oh, now you agree. No, because you I, didn't agree with that at first. No, I didn't. But here, let me let me say why I said that. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> let me so let me say Nick why is, I said that. What Nick is doing is he's he's trying to not concede victory to me. No, I'm not conceding. No, victory. no, I'm not. I'm, I'm just, not conceding I'm, victory. I'm, I'm messing with you. Go ahead. And I'm also still victorious. Oh. Uh, <laughs> so there are people playing political hot potato in that. The people that want to make the first move want to make absolutely sure that they're, one, going to make a first move for a reason, right? Right. They don't want to be caught, like, getting into a vote for impeachment and not having all the facts. That's why the House is subpoenaing. Subpoenaing? Subpoenaing? Is that? That's a word. Sure. We'll make it a word. Yes. All words are made up. Um, They are trying to get the unredacted version of the Mueller report so they can see all the investigations and they can dig into all the investigations that are currently ongoing to see if they have really any grounds to go with impeachment. So if you want to say political hot potato, yes, they are hesitant to grab the potato because it might be hot. It also might be a third rail that makes them all lose their jobs, right? But once they figure that out and they figure out all their ducks in a row, all they have to do is take a vote. And then? And then it moves on to the Senate where it dies because the Senate is still Republican-controlled. And there are several, several Republicans, that ha- even in the Senate, that have a problem with the way Trump does business. But enough of them breaking party line to remove a Republican president from office? No. Uh-uh. Not going to happen. You mean do their job. Let's just call it what it is at that point. You know what You know what their job is? What is their job? Define their job. Their job is to... Represent their constituents. Represent their constituents, yeah. Okay, right. So after the Mueller report came out, right? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to touch on this in a second, but just to complete this thought. After the Mueller report came out, what was President Trump's approval rating affected by because it definitely went down it definitely went down how many points how many percentage points did his popularity or his approval rating i should say more accurately go down i don't know four well because he has that base that regardless of what happens yep Will not budge. They won't budge. They will not budge because we're not. But because it doesn't matter who's in office, they're a Republican. Well, 
and that's and this is where implicit bias comes in. This is where mm-hmm. team mentality. This is yep. where us versus them. Yep. This is and all things that we've touched on on this podcast. Yes. Um, team thinking, group thinking. Uh, yeah. We're not actually thinking anymore, folks. We're playing what we think is essentially a sports game between two teams, red and blue, mm-hmm. and. That's what it boils down to. That is what it boils down to. No one is looking at, no one is bothering to look at the fucking facts anymore. And that's what scares the hell out of me most about all of this is that there's so, you have, anytime, and I'm being critical of the the Democrat that said that, oh, we're going to get this motherfucker. You know, (laughs) like, do you even have an understanding of what impeachment is that's gamesmanship that's gamesmanship what do you mean gamesmanship that is putting out a strong message so think about trump on the trail right yeah on the uh, uh he goes we're gonna build a wall we're gonna make mexico pay for it right or drain the swamp my that that's probably my favorite thing so when he became president-elect he had a rally to say we you know normally presidents use that or president-elects use that to say hey uh, we're gonna we're gonna bring everybody together, right? So they do like almost an apology tour to say, "Hey, I said a lot of things about Democrats, uh, but that was just the nominees. Democrats are good people too, you know what I mean? Like they'll do that to try and bring the nation together." And what he what he was doing was starting to back off of a couple of statements he said during the campaign trail, mm. and one of them was "drain the swamp." He goes, "Man, wasn't that hokey?" <laughs> when when I said drain the swamp, when I heard my my guys on my team, not me, <laughs> say we're gonna drain the swamp, and I go that's hokey, and they go just say it, just try it out, and I said it, and people went nuts, and I went really, and then the next time I said it, people went nuts again, so I kind of like that, so I said it, I kept saying it like I believed it. <laughs> he said that after he got elected. <laughs> And and oh God, I, I I don't know what that speaks to. Just how complacent we have become, or or maybe complacent, apathetic. I, I, I yeah. I maybe, again maybe it's a combination of the both. I think I think yes, you were correct. Also, I think that again, like when they do these polls, and by the way, I looked it up. Real quick, forty six percent is his forty six percent his current approval rating. Well, but is that forty six percent of the votership? Is it forty six percent of the country, or and is that's it the problem? Because those yep. those numbers, like whenever I hear people say, "Oh, well, he he represents forty six percent of the country." Yeah, is he representing forty six? Is he actually representing forty? Because forty six is a large fucking number. Yeah, but is that forty six percent of the people who turned out and voted, right. or is that forty six percent of three hundred and forty two million people, which is what the the you know? Well, it's a sample size, first of all. So you know, you know that sample sizes are a percentage of the percentage, right? So. 364 million people or whatever, you'll find the real number. But a large amount of people in the U.S. Uh, don't vote. We had a whole show on that. Yes. Right? Where, yes. Where if the 40% of people that didn't vote voted and they happened, 
happened to all vote for the same person, and let's say that person is a third party, the third party wins by a mandate, right? Mm -hmm. Even though that 60% of voters still voted the other way against them, they only managed to get maybe 30% of the vote. Okay, I looked it up. It's okay. 328 million people. 328? Yeah, that's a lot less than what I thought it was. Yeah, it was actually, like 340. I, I thought it was higher than that as well. You know what that says? What? We need to procreate. <laughs> well, and and that number is interesting because 328, it's 328 via a website called uh, www.worldmeters.info that US was a, population as of 2019 That was a really good plug They should give us money <laughs> Well no because I want people to be able to You know like Check us Check us Yeah exactly So That's good 328 million Yeah because we're not above any of this crap No absolutely Like when I keep constantly saying that the world is 6,000 years old The <laughs> I'm going to slap you with this microphone <laughs> Oh, uh, what were we talking about? <laughs> 328 million people. That's right. right. So, yes. So it, is it 46% no, of the, the it, 328 it's not, million? It, it's, it? it's essentially arbitrary. Now, the, the thing that uh, people who take surveys do is they, uh, they take off a calling list, and the calling list is people that are, quote, unquote, politically active. That does not necessarily mean they voted, but it is pretty likely. Well, and, and, and also what you have to, it, it also takes into consideration the people that fucking answer that phone call. What do you mean? Well, because you just said that, you know, it's based off of a call list that they, of people who call. So it's based off of people who are sitting there willing to take a goddamn survey. Yeah. And have a house phone. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> that, that too. Or, you know, like when you when you yeah. take that into consideration, that number is probably way off. Well, also, the, you know, anybody that's willing to be on that call list and actually takes the phone call is sort of a diehard for their party. Right. I mean, they are. So, you know. Well, it's like when they were that, doing polling. It was, I'm sorry. It's when they were doing polling. Hold on one second. Yeah. Sorry about that, folks. Uh, go ahead. Um, yeah, but when you when you take into consideration, yeah, I say go ahead, but it was really me who was talking. When you take into consideration, you know, it, it, it's who's willing to answer that phone call. It's yes. like you said, it's the diehards. Yeah, it's the people who 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 bleed blue or blue bleed red. Right, but here's what you need to like take it's into a fucking sports team. Yes, but you need to take into consideration they're calling the same people all the time, right? Right, and it and he dropped four percent over those people who are willing to take that survey. Which is significant. It is significant. Four points is not anything to laugh at, especially considering the margin of the last election. So you you can take that with a grain of salt that it's only 4% of people that answer the phone, but those people answer the phone all the time, yeah. and they're probably voting. They're probably voting. They don't necessarily have to, but more than likely. I think we can confer that number pretty accurately over to people that were like, no, I, I don't approve anymore now that the Mueller report is out, even if I was a diehard before. Well, it's like when we did our first episode of season two, we were talking about Good like plug. <laughs> when we did our first episode, we were talking about like uh, 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 people. It was it was during the the government shutdown. And you had all these people who were former Trump supporters until they got to the 28th day of the government shutdown. And they were, you know, a month and a half. Or a month behind on their 
uh, uh, mortgage, yep. and they have not been able to put gas in their car, yep. and they haven't been able to go get medical. Uh, you know, the, the, you know, you you had people rationing out diabetes medication, <sighs> and, and that was that was the hardest one for me. Yeah, and and all of a sudden it's like, no, I don't support this guy anymore. Yep. So. I think that that number is way larger. It, the problem is people getting out to vote. Now, and yes. I keep saying yes. this. I've yes, said this yes, before, yes. and I'll say it again. The one good thing about Trump is that he has uh, galvanized enough people to become more involved in government. We're going to see next year. Well, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, well, uh, it's a good, what, what it's a good statement. It? It's a good sentiment. I, I think – Yes, uh, we want to believe that in a in our gut, and and I say we as in Americans, not like Democrat Republican. I think that oh because of, yeah, I, I don't know about you, Nick, but I'm an independent. Yeah, I I I, I, I cut ties. Yeah, with, yeah, absolutely, and I don't agree with either of them. And, yep. I, and I'm I'm coming over more to your line of thought with the fact that there needs to be a third party, a third option. I'm glad because I'll be announcing my candidacy shortly <laughs> i i i'm i'm what i'm willing to announce today is that i will <laughs> i will consider don't laugh at me i'm not laughing, laughing at you i'm just you're laughing with me because yes. i'm totally serious <laughs> i know you are. what i'm doing is i'm i'm considering uh creating an exploratory committee that's that's what i'm willing to allow today on your broadcast here sir uh, that I'm willing to consider possibly maybe running, but I need to talk to an exploratory committee first. Thank you very much for your time. Don't put <laughs> and he puts the mic down. <laughs> um, but a third party would be awesome. But let's get back to the Mueller report. Mueller report. Mueller report. Mueller report. Because the first two pages of the Mueller report are awesome. What do they say, Nick? You know what they say? What do they Here's say? Here's what they say. They, they, this is basically the outline for what you're about to read in terms of legal speak, but it's like sort of a breakdown. So you think of uh, William Barr's uh, four-page memo that said, oh, basically what this says is uh, they didn't find anything. It mentioned collusion, by the way. Right. And is, aren't <laughs> Which they is not him, a legal term. Aren't they asking him now to step down? The... So he's he went for one interview with the House at, where they questioned his uh, ability to hold the position of A.J., right? Uh, uh, Attorney, Attorney General. General. Sorry. Sorry, I abbreviated. Uh, they were basically calling into question why he, he could be the A.G. Because the A.G. is not the president's lawyer. That's why they have the, the counsel, the general counsel for the president. Right. That's that office. But it, they really focused on that uh, press conference that he had before the Mueller report was released, like that morning, mm -hmm. where he came out and framed it like the president did new, no wrongdoing and specifically said there was no collusion found, which is a Trump line. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But he's not supposed to be a guy who's being the attorney for the president. He's the attorney for the country. Right? Right. So it, it, it showed a real concern when it comes to his ability to execute the position the way it's supposed to be executed, right? And then he started talking about how uh, he had talked to Mueller, and Mueller specifically said to him, per his quote, 
that uh, he couldn't decide if the president had done any collusion or or, or conspiracy to cover up or actually in you know helped with uh, Russia, which would have been a, uh, a problem or obstruction or any of it. Right? He said, "No, I can't. I can't decide." So the first two, basically all Barr was saying at that point was he didn't bother to read the report. He had his marching orders, which is why Congress stepped in. Basically, the first two pages of the Mueller report said this. Uh, We were tasked with investigating if Russia uh, in any way tried, tried to influence the election of 2016. And they did. Then we had to figure out if the president was involved in that to an extent that we would recommend bringing charges, and we ran into a couple of issues. One, you can't indict a sitting president, which we've already covered. But two, they couldn't really figure out if he had obstructed justice. They also specifically pointed out that as hard as they tried, that was kind of the language that he used, as hard as they tried, they could not 100% exonerate him from having tried to obstruct justice. So they left it up to the State Department, or I'm sorry, they left it up to Congress to decide how they wanted to proceed based on the evidence that was to follow in the report. Very important. Mm-hmm. It's very important to say that he tried to exonerate the president because as an impartial person, right, in this investigation, he literally wants facts. He wants facts. His goal is to have a cut and dry thing at the end. Right. The evidence points this way. And at the end of the 18 months or however long it was, he couldn't say definitively Yes, he did, and he couldn't say definitively, no, he didn't. There's a very good reason for that. And I'm curious to get your reaction on this because I want to know if you see this as just incompetence or if he was genius in the people that he surrounded himself with, especially knowing that this was coming, okay? Here's what the Mueller report concluded in terms of obstruction of justice. Trump absolutely called people in his cabinet, in his employ, as advisors, all of that stuff. He called all of them to try and shut down the Mueller report. What he was doing was trying to get Mueller taken out. He was trying... To have people not testify. He was trying to get in the way. The very definition of obstructing justice because what he was trying to do was block the investigation. If not, end it. Right. You know why that didn't happen? Why? Because the people he was contacting, the aides, the the people on his cabinet, everybody that was involved, simply ignored his request. They ignored the president of the United States giving them a direct order. And there are transcripts, not transcripts, but there are recall recounts and recallings of 
of conversations that Trump had where he was trying to obstruct justice. But if he but if anybody had listened, he would have obstruct justice. But they since they knew that they simply just ignored it like they never got that call. So what Mueller winds up with is he tried damn hard and I'm giving that to Congress. Here you go, Congress. Here's all of the instances. He had like 10 instances where he tried to shut down the investigation that he had evidence of, but no one executed it. So did he obstruct justice? No, he didn't. He tried, but he didn't, which is either genius on the part of his people or an indictment on him as a leader where people can just go, eh, he's just... It's three in the morning and he's tweeting. Who the fuck cares? Uh, Which way do you lean just based on that? Because it could go either way. It could be a mix of both, actually. But he would tell them, obstruct justice. Not in those words. But he would tell them, He'd do basically this. say something to the effect of, He would give I them an you. order. Right, exactly. And they would just go, I never heard that. So la, 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 do la. we do we judge him? Okay, here's where it gets interesting to me. Because okay. do we judge him based on his on, intent, on, on his intent, or or do we go with the end result? Can you have conspiracy to obstruct justice, or? Is that See, just a flaring now, I, person? Now, now I'm, I'm, I'm Hispanic, so that means that I'm a paralegal. And whenever you <laughs> – every black man and Hispanic man, in black or Hispanic woman in America, or black and Hispanic trans, because we're not going to leave anyone out, uh, or, or anyone who is black or Hispanic will tell you that uh, – Guys, you could fast forward about 20 minutes. He's got to go through <laughs> all of the gender verification. Uh, no, 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 no. Um, anybody who is a person of color will fucking tell you that conspiracy is probably one of the worst fucking charges that you can to get defend. thrown at you to defend. because it is very fucking difficult. Yeah. Did I talk about that? Sure. Was I serious? Nah. It is very <laughs> fucking difficult to yeah. prove that you were not conspiring to do something. It is goddamn. So, like, when they when 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 they really want to fuck you. Uh, uh, legally, conspiracy they charges. throw cons- conspiracy charges at you. I I, I I loved Cohen when he was uh, talking to I think it was Congress when he in one of his depositions he said the president uses a lot of nonverbal cues to give you orders right so prove that one he uses a lot of nonverbal cues well no I don't right no I don't. I say things as I mean them. If I happen to have a, a tick where I nod my head a certain way, I never told anyone to acknowledge me in that way. And what I'm saying is different because of my head movements. And then take it away uh, a step further. Take it a step further. Imagine for a second you could chronicle that guy's head movements, right? Right. And then create some sort of Rosetta Stone that says he definitely did it. Find me evidence that he did it in that conversation. <laughs> There's see, no way. See, and this is why a conspiracy is such a dangerous charge. Right, which you can't take against this sitting president. <sighs> and it's never going to get past the Senate, so bleh. 
Right, because the Senate's not going to do its fucking job. Well, the Senate is not is going to protect the Republican. Here, here's here's the other thing that bothers me about this whole Mueller report, like, and why I said hot potato, because I feel like what's going on is the Democrats are trying to do one thing, the Republicans are trying to, the Republicans more than anything want to put an end to this bullshit the, and just fucking move forward. The analogy of a hot potato that I I have a problem with is that you're saying no one wants to touch it, right? Whereas everybody's like, I want to touch it, but I want to make sure I have my oven mitts first. <laughs> That's a fair. I'll give you that. Right. That's fair. I'll give you that. Um, what 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 aggravates me to no end, and and I think shows weakness in the Democratic Party, is that they don't want to move forward with this. They 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 kind of just want to like, no, you know, the general public knows that he's an idiot, and see, here's. More than anything, here's my problem with fucking Trump. He's not, uh, you know, he says sexist things. He says racist things. He says things that are problematic, uh, whatever. Put that aside for a second. Trump. <laughs> hold on. Yeah, yeah. Need hold, more than yeah, a second. Exactly, right. Jesus. Hold, hold, hold that to the side. I'll what, go, okay, and then here. What beep, scares me, beep. what scares me most about Trump is that he does not strike me as a detail-oriented individual. No, he he's what you call a, a high thinker. <laughs> right, and he would try he's, to play that up as he's, a strength. He's second level, And man. to me, that's a weakness because a lot of uh, – anything in government, you know, if, if one thing I've learned in the two years that we've been doing this podcast is that nothing is what it seems on the surface. And when you start digging in politics or in general, in general, okay. nothing is ever what it seems. Um, everything has layers to it. And Trump is not the, the type of individual that bothers looking at layers. He's no, just not. <laughs> now, I'm not going to go out and call him stupid because no. I don't think he's stupid. I think he's actually really fucking smart. Oh, yeah. And I think he's, he's a master, got a He's got a technique. And he's a master manipulator. Well. Yes. He's a master manipulator. Yes. And he knows how to use things to his benefit that would bury most people. Yes. Because he's playing a very different game. It's as if – Yeah. Okay. So it's like it's like you are playing tennis, right? And okay. the rules of tennis say that you can do this. And you're playing checkers. But I, <laughs> but, no, but I run out to the field of tennis, and I'm playing football. <laughs> you know, I'm going to bulldoze you. Yeah, that net is going to provide some good defense for a minute. For about, yeah, exactly. For all of like uh, 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 two seconds. Until you before. hurdle it and I go, damn it. <laughs> right. So, and, and that's what I feel Trump is doing politically a lot of times. Yeah. And that's why he's able to, you know, like uh, a lot of people have, have described him as like Teflon coded as, as you know, like like he can do no wrong. Only, only through – Sheer force of will and mind power is you can can you come to somebody and go I have you and he goes no you don't I I threw up a force field you ever play that game when you yeah, were like exactly. eight yeah and you've used that example before too oh did I yeah oh but, I'm genius but but <laughs> what what I what I what I do feel like he's not is a detail oriented person and that's why like you know if no. anybody else had suggested the idea of space force. First of all, it's a ridiculous fucking name. I just want to say it epically. Space Force. Thank you for doing that for me. Okay. Because your voice is way more epic than mine. <laughs> but 
anybody else had suggested the idea of Space Force, it would have been taken a lot more seriously than Trump. Well, and, hold and on, hold on. I'll, uh, before we move on, I'll just say that uh, do you remember when Reagan came out with Star Wars? Right. The Star Wars plan? Right. And everyone laughed at out of everywhere, including the Pentagon and Congress, and it never went anywhere because it was ludicrous and expensive and stupid. That was Reagan. His clout could black out the sun. And Trump, who's embattled, I think, I, is it fair to say embattled at this point? Embattled how? Uh, like, at most generously, it's a fifty-fifty split. <laughs> it's just a matter of where those fifty and each it, where each fifty lie. But he doesn't have a majority of people in his corner right no, now. He doesn't. He doesn't. So, like, and he said it, and that's why I question that whole forty-six percent because right, exactly. Um, well, even if it is that that puts fifty-four on the other side, even if it was Hoyle, but um, it's not. It's a sample, and it's subject to change. But um, I say all that to say that he's not a detail-oriented person, and that's what really I find damning about him is that when he makes decisions, it's not like – look, like, look, look, Obama – and I had problems with Obama. Okay. I've had problems with Obama since day one. Okay. Um, you know, but I could never, like, jump up and say, hey, I have a fucking problem with Obama because the – the issue with Obama as president was that there was so much hatred being thrown at him yes. that I could never – I spent more time defending him than I could, than I could uh, uh, um, you know, mm -hmm. slinging shit at him because yep. that's just the, 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 the situation. Yeah, that was the card he was handed. Yeah, right. absolutely. And, you know, but, but just to say that, do you want – a president who's in the weeds of every single item because there's only X amount of hours in a day. Right. But the, and that's the thing. Like they have to be high level at some point. <laughs> OK, so, <laughs> you know, like they've gone to a lot of detail to like hammer out his day and how he doesn't really start his day until 10 a.m. OK. You know, because he's got to get up and he's got to do his makeup first. <laughs> you know, he's got a cake on the what, layers of orange. What are you talking about? And then he's got to, um, you know, get that raccoon, that yellow raccoon that's sitting on his head <laughs> to stay still long <laughs> enough for him to style it. And then um, he's got to watch Fox and Friends for does. an hour or two he does. before he can have <laughs> his talking points because that's how he gets his talking points. So, you know, his day doesn't start till about 10, 11 a.m., and the only way to get him to read a report is to, you know, include his name in it somehow. So, you know, <laughs> how do you get him to read a report about the environment? Okay. Okay. I get your point. What I'm saying is, did Obama read every report or did he get a five-second synopsis no, you know from his aide? But you know what? If that, nothing that's a else, good, that, was a, that good, was a good pause. That was a if good. If nothing pause. else, Obama was a really good bullshitter. Like, when oh he yeah. said something, he, he made you believe it. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I don't know that that's necessarily better for your argument. Or no. Not. It, 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 what I'm saying is that this is not a man that strikes me as someone who sits there and gets all of the information before he makes a decision. Okay. This is someone who it's like. 
oh, you know, like we're talking to somebody who had to ask Steve Jobs, you know, like three or four times, like, well, what's this and what's that? And the Angela Merkel one was fantastic. I want to do a trade deal with Germany. Well, you have to do a trade deal with the EU because we're part of that. And he went, yeah, but I want to do a trade deal with Germany. <laughs> and it took her four times to convince him that, no, he needs to deal with the EU because it can't deal with Germany directly. <laughs> right. And, and and it's little things like that. And that's sure. that's what I find more alarming about his presidency than anything else. Okay. You know, like, yes, is he a piece of shit when it comes to, you know, sexism and racism and just, like, dividing people? Yeah. But more, more than anything, what scares me about his presidency is how the lack of detail mm-hmm. that it's had. You know, mm-hmm. the fact that you can appoint people to office who have You've never met. Who've never... <laughs> Who 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 have no idea? Like you put the goddamn CEO of Exxon, uh, uh, um, as the head of the fucking EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency. Uh, no, the offshore drilling division is actually how it went. Okay. Uh, it, the head of the EPA was uh, the Texas uh, former Texas governor. Um, oh God, I'm not gonna remember his name. Uh, Rick, Rick Rick Perry. Rick Perry. My point being that normally when you fill those positions, you try to get people who are right. versed and experienced in that particular field. You, you hope. You hope. You hope. But no, he's getting people that will push his agenda, and that's it. That's as far as it goes. And and to think that he would have done anything else, I, I mean to to ask even a Trump supporter – would he have put in anybody else other than somebody who supported him blindly and 100 percent and and mirrored his views? They would have said no, because that's a good thing, as opposed to anybody else who is not a Trump supporter saying, no, of course not. That's exactly think, what we expect. I think that should be our next goal is maybe interviewing a Trump supporter. I mean, we could do it. I heard a great one. I'll, I'll paraphrase it a little bit. Guy called into a radio show. Uh I will I will preface this with it was NPR. Okay. It was NPR. They were talking uh to a uh political operative whose name escapes me. Uh but they it was a call in type show and they got a call from a trucker who's in Texas. Okay. And the trucker came in and he's he said blatantly, Okay, the Mueller report is out. We see that they did not recommend they, they left it to Congress, but they did not recommend that he should be indicted at this time. Later it comes out because they can't, because the sitting president can't be indicted. But they laid out all this information. Anyway, the guy's statement was, and this right here shows that Trump will be elected in the next election because he beat this. Right? And the commentator that was on there said, okay, let me ask you a question totally unrelated to this. How do you feel about New York millionaires and billionaires? And the guy goes, w- what? Right? Like, what do you mean? And, and the commentator says, how, if, if I asked you how do you feel about New York millionaires and billionaires, what, do you, what would you say as a person from the South? Right? Right. And what would a person from the South generally, this is a generalization, this is not every individual, say about 
a New York millionaire? I don't know. They would call them elitist. They would say they don't know what we go through. They would say all of these things. But somehow Trump gets a pass for that. That is interesting. Right? So he goes, so... So tell me what you think. And the guy was like, oh, I don't care. You know, people people are people and whatever. And he goes, nope, hang up on this guy because he's not being honest with me. He would say to a generic New York millionaire, somebody who's on social media all the time, right? Even L.A., which is in the South, by the way. Never forget. Uh, <laughs> they They, you know, if they said something about the Kardashians, what do you think of the Kardashians? They would go nuts about how they're 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 vile and they're not biblical and they're not you know and they're and they're a waste of space. But if they were running for the Republican ticket, oh, they got some good ideas. And I think that that goes back to what we were talking about with us versus them. Yeah, and us versus them. Yeah, yeah, it does. Implicit bias. It does. Absolutely, absolutely, but. To get it back to the Mueller report, right, and why Democrats and Republicans are looking at this differently and, t- and and really hedging their bets, it's because, you know, and it's not border-wise that I say this, the country's divided, red versus blue. They need to be careful. You know what I mean? They're, yeah. they're being very cautious because, one, they have to worry about their constituents, too. They have to worry about what the ramifications of their actions will be, not just for them but for the rest of the country. And three, they're worried about their jobs. They are. You know, a Democrat that goes out and votes to impeach the president and it doesn't happen looks weak. A Republican that blanketly throws their support behind the president in a battleground state where they're not necessarily guaranteed to win is also vulnerable. So everybody's weighing their options right now. Everybody is. So I, I, I don't want you to think that taking their time to go over this report, get the unredacted report, find out what the other indictments are, getting the full picture of the story. Right. I don't want it, I don't want that perceived as weakness. I want it to be perceived as due diligence before they make a move. But well, ultimately, ultimately, the House has the votes. Let's say they get everything and it's as bad as we think it is. They have the votes to move forward and send it to the Senate with impeachment. The Senate has enough votes to go, no. And it dies there. Everybody has to live and die by their decisions in in that case because it will be very hotly looked at for election cycle. But that's how it's going to go. Do you know what was one of the things... When, it, when I was doing my research on impeachment, one of the things that I found most interesting was that a lot of the people that were involved in the Nixon impeachment, the reason that the Nixon impeachment was so successful mm-hmm. was because they made it a bipartisan effort. Well, also because the evidence was very blatant. Yes. And um, had they gone through with taking it to the articles of impeachment with the House of Senate. Um, it would have gone through. It would have gone through. Yep. And it, it, it was, but, and I'm not like throwing, I, I don't want to make it sound like I'm romanticizing back then. <laughs> Nixon? Like, like people, <laughs> no, no, no. I don't want to make it sound like, oh, well, back then we, we 
you know, people were doing their job and, you know, like it was completely political, um, much like it is today. Yeah. But I think that one thing that I will give credit to that er or I'll try to give credit to that era because I'm, I'm, I wasn't a part of it. Right. Um, was that I felt I feel like people more, were more willing to do their job. I think the work was more valued than the persona back then. Yeah. Uh, and again, not a part of that era. But I think the work was more valued. But I think we had a different mindset back then. Like right now. And that was really and, and that's really when America started to lose faith in its government. Here, here's here's an analogy I'll give you for for that. Right. Like back then, what was work? You went. You worked your nine you, to five. You went to your job, and yeah. you did your job, and then you went home to your family. Right? right. What's work now? Like, like the work that people look up to. That we look up to. Yeah. That we look up to. The things that we romanticize. Yes. Uh, it's not. It's it's the opposite of that. It's it's lounging around and doing nothing. It, a lot of it is people on YouTube. Yeah. Right. Oh, I don't need a job. I can go on YouTube and make a couple of videos. Well, here, here, here's my argument for that. Go ahead. Make videos. Get followers on YouTube. Do it right now. Oh, harder than you thought? You have to put a lot of hours into that? You have to think about content? You have to actually film it? You have to make it look good? You have to edit it right? You have to get followers? You have to pay people to help you? You know what I mean? Like, it's a it's a different job, but it, they make it look so easy. Right. right. Anybody could do it. And now politicians, all they have to do, all politicians do now, all they do is they get up and they get in front of a camera and they tell you they hate the other person. Right? Nope. They're doing a lot more than that. And even if that's all they're doing, it's a lot of time invested. Yeah, do they get a lot of time off? Yeah, do they get compensated well for it? Yeah, all of that. But I think our it's mostly our perception. And that's what they're playing into right now, which is why they're they're not ready to call themselves bipartisan because they have to keep up that perception that's part of their job as they perceive it and then as we perceive it. Does that make sense at all? It does. Okay. It does. Yeah. All right, folks. So this was our take on uh, uh, the Mueller report, and I, I guess this was our also our, our public service to try to inform get people out to out get out and vote and to be more aware of government, and 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 to also give people context of what actual um, what where we are what, in the process, what where we are in the process, and what impeachment actually means. Yeah, because that's important to know. It, it doesn't matter how it gets spun. Um, as a final thought. If I could. Yeah, please, by all means. Go um, ahead. Get up on that soapbox. All right. It, 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 dun, dun, it, we'll have music. We, at some point, we'll have music. No, no, just that. beatbox it. It's fine. Oh, that's, that's the like news a, intro. Uh, <laughs> I blew it. That's okay. Um, but it's it's less of a soapbox than just an observation. Um, if, if Trump, let's say they go through and they impeach and they get shut down in the Senate, right? Trump spins that. You know, the House came after us, and we were bigger and badder than the House, right? Woo, Senate, which, by the way, Republican-owned, right? And he uses it, and just like everything else that was seen as a negative, he, he will spin that to a positive, which if the Democrat 
um, I'm just throwing it out there. If the Democrats are smart, they won't move forward with it. They'll go, you know what? The Mueller report speaks for itself. We don't need to get this guy out of here. You're going to do that on Election Day. And the day after Election Day, he's going to be brought up on charges. Because it's right here and it's in writing. So let's start the clock and count down to when he's gone. And that's how they would do it. They don't need to impeach him. He's gone at the next election if they spin it right. What do you... Okay, since I have you here, what do you think about this whole thing with Biden? I think if... So it's tough. Because you have a Republican base, right, that was willing to vote for Trump. And if you go apples to apples, that means that somebody that is embroiled in this type of controversy, right that he's accused of inappropriate touching. And his defense is, yeah, but I didn't mean it like that, right? He could be elected president. Absolutely. People will overlook that 100%, but it just happened to be for Republicans. Democrats didn't like the way Hillary talked. And didn't like the way she won the election. She won. They didn't like the way well, she, she cheated. Did. She cheated. Yeah, because she Bernie... used the system that was in place. She, you went, she... okay? All right. If you <laughs> okay. want to hold on, Fine. if you want to look at it, hold, hold on. And I'm not. <laughs> hold on. I voted for Bernie, but they. If you want to look at it in terms of uh, NASCAR racers, okay, right. You know what their phrase is? Yeah. If you're not if you're not cheating, you're not trying to win. <laughs> okay. That's throughout NASCAR, where everything is supposed to be stock, right? It's stock car racing. Everyone's supposed to be on an even playing field, and then their their driver is supposed to be better than the other drivers on the field, right? That's the intent of the sport, and their mantra, unofficial, is if you're not cheating, you're not trying to win. So they're looking for any advantage. That's all it is. That's all it is. Okay. She used the system as it was in place to give herself an advantage. That's it. But Democrats were so turned off by that. Oh, my God. It wasn't fair. And then they didn't show up to the polls. And that's it. That's why he won. So when, I, when you say Biden... Could he get elected? Yes. There are people, there's a percentage of the population that would vote for a person who has this in their past. Is there a percentage of the people that will not show up because this is the allegations that are by the front runner and they can't vote for the other person? Yup. So you want to put Biden against Trump with the same allegations on both sides? Guess what? Trump wins again. So who do you think? I mean, uh, I'm still for we, Cory Booker. We, I'm still for Cory Booker. When we did that episode, you yep. know, going through everyone. Biden wasn't. Yep. Uh, hadn't announced his candidacy yet. Mm -hmm. So. Um, oh, I like who, Biden. Who I is like he? Biden, who, I like Biden. Who is he as a Marvel superhero? <laughs> oh, as a Marvel superhero. Uh, if we go with that whole idea. Yeah. Oh, go man. ahead. Do it. Do it. Say it. Say it. Say what? Say it. Say Stanley. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! 
This, uh, he's, like the go- he's the godfather of the party right now. That's how they're billing him. Yeah, yeah. Joe Biden. I like Biden for. Uh, I like Biden because he does have a no nonsense approach, and he does say what he what he's thinking. Which he's which, he's honest to a fault. Yes, yes, he's honest to a fault. But there's a lot of things about Biden that I think people have forgotten, like you know, yeah. how he plagiarized John F. Kennedy's speech <laughs> back. Uh, how he beat the hell out of Anita Hill. Y- yeah, and, and um, oh, which by the way, he called her before he announced. Yeah, he did. Did you hear about that? Yeah, I did. He called her before he announced and was like, hey, listen, I just want to uh, say some words. They didn't say if he was apologetic or if he was whatever, but he was like, I, I would really appreciate your endorsement. And she told him to go straight to hell, which is great because she should. Because what what are you reaching out to me for now? That was 20 years ago. Why are you bringing this up now? Yeah. Because he thinks it's an Achilles heel and she's not going to try and pad that armor. Why would she let it stand that he did that? He did. He did it. He did it to protect a nominee and to get a nominee can in put in on the court. And he did it for a political reason. And he tore down an innocent woman to do it. And that is part of his background. And that is part of his makeup. And even if he did a complete, which you won't. One eighty. You know what? On uh, any of that. Here's the interesting thing about that it's whole all thing. False. If he throw, if if he was smart, he would throw himself on the court of public opinion and be like, "I'm sorry, I was a different person back then. I have since found Jesus in my life. Yeah, and uh, I'm a better person for it." He's like, "I'm I, sorry. It was the '80s. There was a lot of coke." <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like if he. He, if he did it from that approach, he would stand a better chance. You think he would do it from that approach? Did you see his approach on the uh, uh, there was a lot of touching going on? No, I didn't see that one. His, his approach on that was he was at a speech. He, he did a video where he was like, hey, listen, like who I am as a person is touchy-feely. You know, I get that maybe I'm a little out of touch with what year it is and that's not appropriate anymore but i didn't mean anything malicious i i meant to show affection for people that could be in my corner later you know and he put it that way he framed it that way and then from there he did that on a youtube video and then from there he shows up at a speech right and he comes out on stage and uh the the uh, woman who was the uh mc for the evening announced him and walked over and they and they hugged an appropriate hug, like a political hug, like, oh, you're you're my boy. And then he walks over to the podium, and the first thing was, oh, by the way, I want you to know I got her permission before we came on stage that I could give her a hug uh, be- before I walked over to the podium. I want you to know that. And everyone laughed, and it was a good time. And then later he, he made a point of – there were some Boy Scouts there or something. I don't even know what they were, but he brought a child up to the podium, and he and he – he stood next to him and just kind of draped his arm on his shoulder, like his his outside shoulder, and was like, this is this child I was talking about. Also, I asked his permission before I put my hand on his shoulder. Like, he did it, like, two or three times during the whole speech to kind of, like, laugh at the fact that there were accusers out there saying, I was not comfortable with that, but because he is the vice president, because we are in a public space where there are cameras on us, I wasn't going to rebuke him and hurt him politically, which is an abuse of power, whether he knew it or not, right? Again, 
certain part of the population is going to go ahead and go, meh, I'll vote for that. Right, and there's going to be people that are going to, regardless, no. Not and there will be people that will go, I can't vote for a Republican, I can't vote for Trump, I'm not voting because I can't vote for my guy either. Meh. Third party. <sighs> All right, folks. This has been our take on this whole thing, our PSA on... Vote, uh, vote, 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 vote. Go vote, vote. go vote. All right, folks. Especially in the primaries because you don't have to vote for Biden. He doesn't have to be the nominee. He doesn't. He doesn't. Cory Booker, 2020. Superman, 2020. <laughs> Superman. No, wait, Luke wait, Cage. You, Luke, you said Cage. Luke Cage. You Luke said Cage. Luke well, Cage. that's DC. He's Superman. Who did I say was uh, Tulsi Gowdy? I don't remember. <laughs> uh, I think I compared her to Captain Marvel. Yeah. Oh, yes. That, yeah. that may be true. Somebody go back and listen because... We're not going <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Good night. Later. Or good evening or good morning or whatever. Enjoy your day. Yeah. How about that? Enjoy your freaking day. Oh, okay. All right. Razzy wants to say something. This is my son. Hey, guys. I hope you had a fun day and good night say or, or whatever. That's right, folks. Or whatever. Or whatever. That's the, that's the note we want to leave on. <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening to the Garbled Podcast. Please go to garbledpodcast.com for updates and check us out on all the social medias. Like, share, and then join in on the conversation.